You know, uh, that sort of happened at Brave yesterday. We had a great Brave meeting, yeah? And uh, a phenomenal group that uh, we just, I'm telling you, something special is happening in our Brave men. You need to come on out. We only we meet every other month and then authentic. Something unique and specific happens in those meetings that you can drill in uh, with the ladies as well as the men's when we, when we meet in our times. And uh, really briefly, um, I'm going to, um, I'm not going to hold you a, too long this morning, but I, don't, I do want to introduce something, uh, and, and then we'll, we'll talk about it probably for the next couple weeks. But before I do that, I've been holding off on, on the testimony of what I've gone through over the past six months. Long story short is, I was working with a family doctor, and my chemicals, for whatever reason, maybe working too hard, uh, you know, uh, it's, that's sort of my nature, or may, all the different things you face in ministry and in life and in family in general, I, I'd gotten tilted on my ke- uh, chemical composition. Certainly, first thing we do is we, you know, feed on the scripture and, and on the word of God and go to him. But my family doctor in, advised me to, do, to go to an endocrinologist to sort of work on that. And I had some um, uh, testosterone treatment and so forth. And when you start doing things like that, well, you start giving blood more often just to make sure certain levels are where they need to be. Well, uh, over the past few years, he's seen a little bump in my PSA to the point he said, you know, for some reason, I think you need to go to your urologist and have this checked out. So I did, and uh, the urologist um, found two, two growths on my prostate, and um, then after that, I'm really making a long story short, 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 and, um, it, and then so I did the biopsy, it took about 14, 15 biopsies, and it came back to the point that it, that it was cancer, and it had to be dealt with, Amen. And you're given your three options. You hear that word come at you. And I have to say that, um, that I had a peace that passes all understanding. Because, I mean, you hear words and they try to jolt you. But, but, but God, I mean, and, and, and it's not always easy to keep your mind stayed on him so you have that perfect peace. But um, my wife was right there with me and, and he rolled out a plan and there was three different options and the best possible option was to have a prostatectomy and and the newest way they do that is through robotics so I I had a robot um, work on me now again on the other side was a human you know but um, anyway it's just really interesting because you have like two scars here and one scar here and so the objective was to, to, to take the prostatectomy because right where it was, those growths were, uh, the cancer was trying to break through the prostate. Like, and and uh, I'm telling you what my urologist said, you better thank that endocrinologist because my PSA levels weren't terrible, but he said enough for him, for some reason, he said, for some reason. How many pray for your doctors? For some reason. Well, I know what reason that was, because he really, uh, it, 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 
he sent me there. And the urologist says, endocrinologists don't pick up things like this. Um, you need to thank that endocrinologist. I was saying, thank him and thank God. <laughs> so I went and had surgery. Um, and this past Thursday was like my sixth or seventh week beyond surgery. And so you have blood testing just to see where your PSA is at that point. Am I getting too detailed? All right. So um, that's a long story short. It was, it was definitely a process and a daily thing. But uh, then um, we had the PSA testing at all the different levels. And the report came back. My doctor said, um, you don't have any cancer. <laughs> yeah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And a matter of fact, uh, the PSA testing, uh, he said, you know what, you have zero. You're zero. But I said, doctor, but it reads less than .01. He said, well, what's less than .01? <laughs> you, know, you know, in my mind, I'm so literal. I'm so factual. I'm so... And so I'm reading that, and, but he said, you, you could not have had a better report, that you just couldn't. So um, thank you, Jesus. And I think a lot of times we have such a prayer covering here at Harvest Church that, that even when we're facing things like that, there's a peace that passes all understanding will help you. And, and so um, I'm thankful, so thankful, and, and my wife and I, um, you know, God did exceeding abundantly above all we ever asked or think. So, and, and I know you all have testimonies, but I want to give mine today. So, will you help me praise God again? Father, we praise you, and we honor you, and we give you the glory. And now I want to say something to you men. Men, you need to start seeing your family doctor. Men, you need to start seeing your family doctor. Men. Brave men, online men, um, stop saying, I hate going to the doctor. No, I love the doctor. You know, don't, uh, you say, well, doctors aren't of God. Well, wait a minute. God's in the healing business. We're in the same business here, right? He, uh, he had a doctor on his staff. Did you know that? Jesus had Dr. Luke. So, um, <clears throat> you don't believe in that healing stuff? Well, again... When's the last time you were scratched? Try to find it. It's healed. God placed the inherent ability to heal itself in, in, in our bodies. Now, when God kicks up that power, then, then comes uh, healing to your mind, to your body. Man, what did I just say? Go to the doctor. Make sure, make sure it's a doctor that, that evaluates Thorough blood panels. And make sure you check them as often as they would like. Now, is Gail in here? <laughs> well, since Gail isn't here, I can talk about her. Uh, <laughs> no, she helps us in the business office. And she'd tell you the same thing. She goes to the doctors now, but the first time we had a hard time Getting her to the doctor, I said, Gail, my wife and I, you need to go to the doctor. So she made an appointment. And you know what she did? 
She went to the doctors and told the doctor everything that she thinks is going on. And, 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 and uh, so thanks for the visit. And uh, so Lord have mercy. <laughs> All right. So let me get into our message this morning. And I, as a pastor, uh, I'm over, you know, this beautiful church at Harvest Church, as well as my wife and I oversee ministries in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And um, so there's something, there, there's a teaching out there in the body of Christ today. Uh, I'm not meaning to be um, divisive. This is, this is not destructive criticism. It's in, it is constructive criticism. And it's my responsibility to make sure um, I share with you the way I have been taught by Kenneth E. Hagen, who's in heaven, uh, Pastor Hagen, who's still, we're, we're in a team overseeing those ministries, and Bishop Hash and Lady Joy, who are our pastors. You know, I, I consult people before I get ready to do something. And so um, this past week, my wife and I had uh, a minister alliance meeting with uh, Bishop Pash, and he taught on this very thing. And I'd already put together an outline. I was like, All right, me, me and Bishop are right in tune. So um, let's go to the scripture this morning, and I want to talk to you about, uh, you, could, you could question it, like is tithing for today, to tithe or not to tithe, uh, or the reasons why we do tithe. And um, again, there's a, a very prominent minister who, who does not believe in that, uh, anymore, and and um, and you know he's he's leading his congregation and those who follow him in that direction, and I can't go that direction. So let's go see what God has to say. Okay. So I want to again give you some scriptures about tithing um, that I believe, um, and let's go to Matthew twenty-three and verse twenty-three, and we're going to talk about the principle of the tithe. And what did Jesus, what did Jesus, you know, we always say, what does the word say? So when you say, what does the word say, it, you're saying, it's tantamount to saying, what does God say? Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And uh, so this is what Jesus had to say in Matthew 23, 23. Jesus said, woe unto you Pharisees and you other religious leader, you hypocrites. Boy, he called them out. And, you know, the Word says he never sinned. So that, 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 that's not a sin when you call out people uh, for divisive things or undermining things. So for you to tithe, for you tithe down to the last mint leaf in your garden, but ignore the important things such as justice, mercy, and faith. There's Jesus speaking. Yes, you should tithe. Who's saying that? Who, who's saying that? Okay. Yes, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the, um, uh, the more important things undone. In other words, if all you do is to tithe to sort of pay off your sin for that, per, for that previous week, that's not what God's looking for. No, the tithe, it, it, it's something I want you all to... Uh, I want you all to know that tithing is not just saying, God, I'm giving, so I want to get. It, it, 
That's about the fifth reason I'm going to get to that God will meet your needs. He will open the windows of heaven. But there's a whole, whole different perspective we need to have on the tithe. And it should never, it should never give you a spirit of fear. Anybody that talks about tithing and gives you a spirit of fear, if you don't, that is not good. That is not right. I have never done that. And you know, in this ministry, we've never pulled an offering. We don't take offerings. We receive them. We trust that you will see in the scriptures what you need to do. And I, I, think, I think this somewhat of a blow against the body of Christ has a lot of ministers probably today ministering on this topic. And I'm believing increase comes as a result to the body of Christ so we could fulfill the Great Commission in a greater measure. So... Um, Thank God. Jesus said, yes, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the more important things undone. Now, the gospel of Matthew and Luke records Jesus speaking about the tithe as well. Jesus said that you should. Luke eleven forty two says, but woe to you Pharisees for your tithe mint. And it's another perspective on your viewpoint, another side of the mountain here. You tithe mint and rue and every little herb, but disregard and neglect justice and love of God. These you ought to have done. In other words, a tithe. And, um, but don't leave off the other things such as mercy, justice, and faith. So Jesus affirmed the belief in the practice of tithing or giving. But then Jesus also reproved the hypocrite, hypocrite religious leaders of his day for ignoring justice, mercy, and faith. That word justice means given, giving to everyone what is due, good or bad. I said giving to everyone due, let's do good or bad. Can I tell you this? You see some people that are sort of... Um, uh, Highly visible on TV, whatever role, they have a role, and, and you see some of them getting in trouble, and they, they hire this, this heavyweight uh, team of attorneys, and they get them off of something that they should have been judged for. Justice was not done then. But let me tell you something. We should never forget Whatever we sow, we're going to reap it. Now, I, I sow mercy. God, ble uh, God bless you. Have mer mercy and help you in this matter. Get forgiveness and all that. But it's no, no matter how the judgment, you know, is seen, those that get away with murder, no, they don't. No, they don't. So... If you see people like, man, they, they got a, they're off the hook. Well, but uh, there is other scripture that definitely tell us that um, our actions cause consequences. Then mercy, the most miserable person in the world, in the prison, the most miserable person in the world is the person and the prison we make for ourselves when we refuse to have mercy. You're going to have opportunities 
that you are either going to extend mercy or you're just going to walk away and, and turn your nose up. No, how many, how many know that when you, when we all stumble, we want mercy, not judgment? Um, let's watch how we treat our kids in correcting them. We talked about that last few weeks. Uh, they need to be corrected, but in love. They need to know there's consequences to bad decisions, consequences to good decisions. Then you have faith. God says these things are important, so is the tithe. And you know, faith is without faith, it's impossible to please God, but he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what's Jesus saying here? He was saying that giving money doesn't take the place of right living. Giving money does not take the place of right living. D.L. Moody said, until the heart is made right, everything else is wrong. God wants us to worship in spirit and truth from our heart. So tithing is a spiritual practice. It's a principle of honoring God by giving him the first tenth of our income to our local church so that there is meat in my house. Uh, I, I, I say this, uh, not humorously really, but you're giving to this church. You're tithing and giving is, is your vote that Harvest Church stays in existence and keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You might say, you should believe God, Pastor Cohen. I do, but he works through people. Right. And the place that you're getting fed is the place you need to support. Amen. And I've seen other people use their tithe for other things. It's not right. You can give uh, beyond your tithe the certain things you might have on your heart. But um, the tithe, that's holy, Leviticus says, it belongs to the Lord and it belongs to his house. Yeah. And I'm going to detail later on. I don't want this to be a heavy message, but, you know, we, we couldn't exist if we didn't have people that tithe and give. Uh, we, we couldn't do all the outreaches that we do tons of outreach. We couldn't have quality children's ministry and youth ministry and young adults ministry and brave and authentic and all, the, all of our partnerships with Within this region of North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, my wife and I and Harvest Church sows quite a bit into those ministers. And then we have partnerships both locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. So we're doing the Great Commission, and my wife tries to share uh, a glimpse every now and then of what we're doing. It's just, it's just hard, too hard. To, to bring it all to you. But I thank God we are winning our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. That comes before what I get out of the deal. Loving God, loving his purposes, loving his ways, fulfilling his great commission. All those things are thoughts before all of a sudden you tithe and give because you want a new car. Man, I'm trying to hold back on some things. I'm really trying to hold back. Because there are ministers, there are some ministers, I'm not going to call them out, this, this is not destructive. 
There's some ministers, they just talk too much about money. And folks, I don't, I don't want you to feel like I ever uh, am just trying to get money out of you. No, but it is, it is a family thing. It's a, we got to take care of our house and all the different things happening in this house. There's nothing wrong with teaching on money. But I've been in the services like you have where we're not leaving this service till we get this amount. And how many would give this? You stand over here. You know, at one time I was in a service, it, it was just, oh my goodness. And for some reason, the speaker said, hey, hey, Joe, Joe Coyne, you stand up here with your bucket. And he started to say things like, if it was 1998, you, you guys give a thousand $1,988. There's some of you in here who can do that. You come on up right now. And then there's some of you that can do, what's the next increment down? 198-point-whatever-8. One, See, I'm saying they try to give you so many slots. And, and then, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I just think it's... Now, now... Could something like that be godly? It just depends on how it's done. Yeah. I've been in services before where wh whoever was uh, conducting the service asked me how much I was going to give in that service. He, no, 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 no. This is what happened. They were asking person by person by person, by how much are you going to give? Are you sure that's enough? And then for some reason, she stopped on me. What, what did she do? Well, she, she had me stand up, and she pulled my tie, and it happened to be pink. I know who I am. I'm masculine, but I can wear that. Huh? And, and I was like, God, what do I say? If she says, so how much are you going to give? And I would have said, nothing. I don't have anything on my heart to give. I had a check in my pocket I was going to bless them with. But when that mess happens, no. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, sh did, didn't some people hear you say that? <laughs> but my kids were with me. Y'all bear with me. I, we'll, we'll keep on this message. This is, this is, but my kids are right, Misty, and then the kids right there, and my kids are sensitive, and, and that's the way you ought to teach your kids to be sensitive. And when things were done, my kids are expressive. And, and so something was done, and my kids, they go, I'm right here, they're here. And they, go, they lean forward and go, what? I'm like, shh, down, shh, shh, shh. Oh, you know, and, and I mean, it was said so loud that the guest speakers on the front row turned around and looked at us. 
And I, and you know, we got out of there. And as a matter of fact, it was a meeting that some of our church folks were there. I, I rounded them up, them up, and I said, "I'm leaving, and I'm not coming back." And I said, "This is, I'm not comfortable with this." Right? You should never feel that way when it comes to offering time. Before the law, Abraham tithed in faith. He didn't even, it's not like he was, he had to, but he tithed in faith. So tithing was before the law and during the law. In, in the Old Testament, again, Abraham tithed, and I'll get to those, well, I guess I'm just introducing it today. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so... Tithing was during the law. In the Old Testament, during the law, they didn't receive the tithes and offerings as an act of faith and grace. They took your offering. You had no choice. You were under the law, and you gave 10%. And in Malachi, it says 10% plus an offering. Now, that's what I do. I always tithe and give offering. But, um, and then in the New Testament, we just saw that Jesus endorsed it. Um, and we saw, we'll see over in Hebrews chapter 7 that here, right now, men receive tithes, but he that, what is it? He that, he that it is, yeah, thanks. Um, thank you very much. Uh, here mortal men receive tithes, but there, that's what I'm going to get to, there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Who, who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus. You know, we, we receive tithes because we have all the different uh, things. How many, thank God you have air conditioned this morning? Well, your tithe did that. <laughs> all right. And uh, how many glad you have a roof today? And uh, oh, by the way, how many are you thankful that you have a paid off campus? Did I pull for that? Did I push for that? You know what happened? You were consistent with the tithe and offerings. And, and we mentioned some things along the way. But then we burned the mortgage. And we're working on healthy reserves here at Harvest Church. Don't you want your church debt-free with healthy reserves? Yeah. Well, this is a simple plan for God to meet our needs. Tithing, again, is a spiritual principle that we practice of honoring God. Let's all say honoring God. Do you love him? then you're going to become like him because you have his nature. God so loved the world that he let us die in our sins. Man, he gave the only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting lives. Misty, what are you saying, babe? Yeah, you know what? You know sometimes my wife will text me and it comes up there on the screen. I'm like, uh-oh, what I do? <laughs> she was mentioning that we also do a lot of outreaches and we're involved in missions highly. And thank you. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs>
What? Are you serious? You want to pick up Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. All righty. What? You think I'm good looking? All right. Well, at least I got you laughing. Uh, I've almost cried at some offering times too, not even for myself, but that environment is leading people in the wrong direction. That is just not God. Now, if I was over that meeting, that would not happen. I wouldn't let people do that foolish thing. There was a guest minister one time that came for a free will offering, and we blessed the ministers that come here. And even, you know, he, he really emphasized to the congregation, I'm here, no cause, free will, but if I don't get a miracle, if God doesn't bring in this amount of money, he did that once. I pulled him aside. I said, don't do that again. You just pulled from our people. Well, guess what? I told him, never do that again. Next service, what do you think he did? Same thing. I mean, he left this place with computers and all kinds of stuff. Because we're, we're, we're giving people. We love God. We want to help people. And I, you don't know who I'm talking about, but I've never had him back again. And I never will. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get some more scripture before we leave. Proverbs chapter 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits, that's first 10%, of all your income, and why? So that your storage places are filled. You know, when you, when you sell finances, you don't get back what you've sown. You give back, give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm not trying to hype you up on that. It's, it's a truth. It's the law, law of sowing and reaping. How many, how many wants to have a really, really good friend in your life? Well, are you friendly? Life is a seed. We're distributing seeds all the time in many areas. It also includes our finances. An important part of experiencing financial provision, like I've said, it's, it's to be a, a tither and a giver. God set the example God gave his son to redeem mankind. As a result, he received more sons and daughters in return. I already quoted it, but I'm going to quote it again in the Amplified. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized uh, the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. And, and I like this too. Romans 8.32 says, God didn't spare his son, his only son, but he delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him also freely give us things? 
He loves us. We love him. But giving, this is, this is really deep here. This is really deep. Ready? And get ready for this. It's so deep, I'm going to have you say it after me. Ready? Giving comes before receiving. It does. We've, we, with God's help, are building an end time type of ministry that, man, we are, we are having, God has allowed us to, to have influence in, in different things like that. But Jesus said that we should tithe. Malachi 3, what does God say? I am God, I don't change. And, and you, if, if something in the Old Testament is also in the New Testament, God's bringing it over so it's carried on. But there's certain things, you know, that, like that truth, we, some of us call it sort of a scarlet thread running all the way through the Bible. Some people preach the tithe wrong. Like if we don't tithe, you're going to face the hitman from heaven. You're cursed with a curse. Well, if I hadn't tithed up until that point, I'm probably saying, my goodness, I better. Okay, can I give a tithe? That's wrong. That is not the right way to teach it. Come on, are you all getting something here? Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithe, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse. That's your church. I told the men yesterday that I was in Bible college sitting in a class and the professor said this, you need to be able to instantly say this answer. Thessalonians, it talks about get to know those who labor amongst you and who are over you in the Lord, he looked us in the eyes and he said, you ought to be able to answer who's over you in the Lord. And I, I was from Greensboro, went out to Tulsa, and I didn't have someone over me in the Lord. So right there, you know, because I was in Bible school, I went, I went to uh, the, the Bible church that was there on campus. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's many more principles. I, I think that's like a top three things that just revolutionized my life, having good leadership over my life. And, and I encourage you, if you cannot answer who's over you in the Lord, there, there needs to be because is Jesus Lord over our life? How we thank God for Jesus saving us? But what does his lordship mean? That means he has a say about everything in our life. And really the way I see it, and again, I'm not trying to scare you here to, to, to be a part of Harvest. We, we'd love you to be. But there's a church God wants you in. 
I have had some ministers in our RMAI uh, regional responsibilities in different states and different ministers, and, and especially a long time ago, but God has helped us develop a wonderful region, and um, we have a regional retreat, and, but some people are living in the past, and they, and, and they were sent from God to be in Raymond Bible College, and you know what, where God sets you? You better watch unplugging from it because wherever God sets you, that's where you get your supply. That's where you get fed. That's where you get that word that you need for that day, that time, that hour. That's, that's where it, it, you become a part of the family. That's where you have community. That's where if one could put 1,000 flight, two could put 10,000 flight. That's where you get around some friends that you can confide in, and they won't judge you, and they'll help you through a season that's very difficult. I don't have a choice who my pastor is. He's been my pastor for 34 years, my wife and I. And I will follow him. And I'm telling you, there's some people that think God's confused. Well, God led me to this church, and then God led me to that church, and then God led me to that church. And who's over you in the Lord, please? I have covering over our... You shouldn't be in this church if I didn't have a pastor. I know what it's like to have a pastor in my life. His wife, both of them. I, I, my wife and I would, ha- would not have a good marriage unless they had raised us up with their kids. And you guys say, that's sort of weird, isn't it? No, they're family. Church is a family. It's an organization. We grow. We, we, we take care of our house, you know. But without a pastor over my life, and you can see it in the Ephesians, without that five-fold ministry gift, you can't grow up to maturity and walk in love and victory. We need that anointing over our life. Well, we got to go. Can I give you one more scripture? All right. Malachi 3, 10, 11, bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income into your storehouse. Where? Your church. That there may be food or provision in my house. And prove me now by it. I love it. God challenges us. If you're, on, if you're on the, you know, whether you accept this principle or not, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, and it doesn't mean that that's the way that God wants to uh, propagate the Great Commission at the same time meet your needs. But prove me now, and it says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing as not even room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer. I mean, thank God the devourer is rebuked, and, and there's so much protection when we walk with God in the tithing covenant with him for many reasons. I'll pour out blessing that you only have room enough to receive it. See, we, we operate in overflow, and... Uh, Some big projects we, we finance, but a lot of, lot, you know, we really operate on cash basis at this church. 
Because God has increased us, and God is increasing you, and then he's increasing us, and then we're able to do things where uh, we don't accumulate debt. Now, debt's a whole other subject. Some people say, don't you ever get in debt. I, man, that's just, that's not where I was. Now, listen, one of the reasons why I believe you, you should be debt-free, but in a church, the people have to follow what the Word of God is saying in order for that to happen in the area of giving. So that's why this church is debt-free. That's why we're working on healthy reserves. That's why my wife and I are debt-free. We've always put the church first. And um, I'm thankful um, I, you know, we work these principles because it's the principle of God. And I'll rebuke the devourer, insects and plagues for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither your, shall your vine cast or drop its fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. The Beck translation says, God will pour out a blessing for you till there is, there is more than enough for us so we can honor God and we can support his word and we can support his ministry. We can help others and we can fulfill the great commission. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this service today. Come on, let's just thank God for this service today. Father, every time we come and assemble, we believe that you're going to do exactly what you need to do and and you're going to say exactly what you need to say uh, concerning all of our different challenges that we're facing or what we need to hear in direction or what things need to be clarified in our life. Again, I tear off any blinders. I bind any confusion. No, we walk together in unity in this house. You said, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren and the church to dwell in unity. It's just like the precious anointing flowing from the head all the way through the body. And you said, when I can find that unity, I will command my blessing upon it. So, Father, I bind any schism in our families and our relationships and our job places, wherever we go. We say, peace be still. And, Father, help us always to go forward to be a peacemaker. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, if, if you're here today, just want to give you a real quick opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're here and you say, Pastor Coyne, I don't know if I were to die today that I would go to heaven. Uh, could you include me in this prayer of salvation? I will. I will. Just let me know who you are. We're bowing our heads and, and our eyes are closed. If, if you want me to pray with you, include you in that prayer, right there where you are. You're, I won't come down there in a general prayer. Lift up your hands right now as an act of faith. Say, I need to receive Jesus. I need to settle that once and for all. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, Father, thank you for drawing them to Jesus. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together in support of those who've raised their hands today or, or wanted to raise their hand. Say it with me, God. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross for all my sin. So He, so he could pay the price for all my mistakes. Jesus, I know I need you in my life. 
I know you're alive because God raised you from the dead on the third day. Father God, I know you're drawing everyone who does not know Jesus. But here I am today. I renounce my past. Forgive me for all my wrongdoings, God. I receive you now as my Savior. And I receive you now as my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Come on, let's all thank God for saving us.